Hey everybody, welcome to the HBCU Game Day Podcast. We just have the core group today, just the core group. Tali Carlong with Stephen J. Gaither and Wally Pitt. We are talking hoops, man, because Mocker Maker is a five-star recruit. He has committed, committed to Howard University. Uh, Stephen J. Gaither, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna find the tape and run it back, but I, I specifically recall having a conversation uh, at least, at the very least, it was just a year ago where I, I tried to be Mr. Optimistic and said, hey, Steve, you think a, a big star recruit will ever go to an HBCU? And, and you shut me down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but this is 2020, man. And I, I think aliens are, are the next thing that we're going to witness. Uh, but you, you were the first to get it uh, during your, your vampire hours in the middle of the morning. Uh, you caught it on Twitter. Uh, just what what has today been like with the big news of Howard landing a five-star recruit? Well, I haven't gotten any sleep. Um, yes, I was on my vampire time. It was like literally four o'clock in the morning. I was like, uh, didn't get anything done tonight. Uh, it kind of sucks. And then just happened to hop on Twitter. And the next thing you know, uh, my core maker is, uh, is you know, and stating that he's going to be actually attending Howard. It was only a couple of hours before that he put Howard in his top four. And actually, it was I went back and checked. It was a year ago yesterday on Thursday to the day that we wrote the first story about him uh, having Howard in his top ten. And ever since then, you know, there have been a lot of naysayers. And I was a naysayer as well. I was optimistic, but I, I was hopeful, but I wasn't going to bet the – I wasn't going to bet the farm on it. I mean, it was a long. It, it was definitely a long shot, um, but and I didn't think they were going to pull it off. But it was it was just great that they were in the top ten, and then it was great that he went there, and then it was great the other day that they was in number four. Um, but I, honestly, even as I was sitting here yesterday, I didn't expect Howard to be it. And you know, shout out to Coach uh, Kenneth Blakeney. Those guys uh, came through and uh, in a big way, and they got they landed a big piece to the puzzle. Uh, Wally, when you first saw it, what what were your thoughts? Yeah, so what's crazy is I had gotten worked on by my 15-year-old nephew in basketball yesterday. Little man beat me by two points, had me hurting, got home. I went to sleep early. I got I drank some water. I passed out. I actually woke up at just before six and couldn't really sleep because, you know, I had fell asleep early. So I went and got my phone. And, you know, I started doing my scrolling, and I'll be, I was like, oh, Steve done caught one right at his perfect time. I saw the time on it, and I was like, oh, I know they're not beating Steve on this on this time. Nobody so, was checking for it then. Nobody. Nobody. I just so happened to kind of get up and scroll my phone early, and uh, I saw it, and I was like, there he go. See, I'm shaking. I'm shaking the table like Mocker is right now. But, um, yeah, no, man, it's awesome. Um I mean, it don't get no better for us, guys who love HBCU basketball, who follow it, who go to games. I mean, anytime Howard steps into a gym the next time we play basketball and he's there, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I mean, I can't wait to see what they're going – the taunts that my man John Martin's going to have for him at Club Corbin because, you know, they're always front row, front and center. So, I mean, it, it's awesome. And, um, you know, one one thing for me is that – I, I think that these guys realize that they're pioneers. I've heard a lot of talk about people like, oh, well, what are they going to do when they see the facilities? And, I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm kind of like, you know, how many 
Hall of Fame basketball players were made on crooked courts on broken concrete more than more than they were made in beautiful facilities. Like it ain't a game about the facilities. You know what I mean? Like there, you know, you get the facilities by getting the talent. Like it's all connected. So shout out to him for being a pioneer. And when when he talked about it, you can kind of tell that he's he's looking at it like now nah, I'm going to do something different and trying to make a difference. So. I love it. When you see this, when you see this shooting you, Mocker, when you see this, hey, show me some love because I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be there shooting you uh, as soon as as soon as they let us back in the gym. Just like you were before, just like you were before he got there because a lot of people love HBCU football, but HBCU basketball, they don't get the love that much. And so, you know. Yeah, you know, and, and that's funny you say that because, you know, the CIAA tournament when Amir Hinton – was uh, popping. I was shooting up top by the uh, the big boys, you know, the guys who come in during tournament time. And I'll never forget, dude, um, dude had it in his ear. I heard the thing in his ear. He said, oh, one of these guys for the team in black is supposed to go to the NBA. Oh, and they were scrambling. Which one? Which one? I just tapped him on the shoulder. It's number two, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you, you're 100% right. They, we there all the time, and they, they come in when it's showtime. But it's all right. Oh, here, here's a burning question for Steve. Will, will we ever see one of these in the Howard uniform? Or is this just a, hey, you know what? I'm going to Howard. I'm committing to Howard until this G League uh, check hits. <laughs> Direct you know, last July, I let you play the optimist. This time, I'm playing the optimist. I'm a believer. I have been McCord a believer and I am going to see him. And if there is basketball to be played this year and how university plays, he's going to be there. He's going to be wearing that Under Armour red, white, and blue. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, Coach Blakeney um, sold his program. He sold what they're trying to do. Uh, he sold Howard, which has a brand that uh, is known. Um, and so, yeah, I think that uh, – I think he's serious about this. I think, again, like Wiley said, these kids – um, you know, they, I think now better than ever, they're starting to understand legacy, narrative, and story. I mean, we just had the last dance uh, where we saw Michael Jordan, and a lot of people saw him for the first time. A lot of the younger people got a chance to see his narrative and see how his story developed. And I think that they, you know, people are seeing how they can, they can develop their stories as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna be the optimist. I'm going to say that... Uh, we're gonna see him at Howard. He's gotten this far. Why? Why not ride it all the way to the to the horse all the way into the barn? And, and I will say this: you know, I've had people contacting me saying, "Oh man, he's going to the G League. This is just a PR thing." But with the way basketball is set up right now, uh, I would think they they would want to keep the G League and the NBA schedule in sync. Uh, and basketball is professional basketball is just about to restart, and then. By the time we see it again, it's going to be 2021 because they're going to have to have their offseason. Um, so it, I would I would say it would be a benefit just to go ahead and, and play the college season um, if indeed there is going to be a college season, and, and hopefully that is the case. Uh, but not, not trying to be Debbie Downer, but just, just painting the whole picture of what uh, possibly – because he, he did make a reference to – uh, there was some already some talk out there about the G League as an option already. Like people aren't just pulling that out of the sky, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Um, he's kept his options open thus far uh, when he entered the draft. He worked out in front of the scouts, uh, but he kept his options open as far as, you know, what he would do. Um, and so that's how he's had the ability to choose to commit to Howard. So, um, you know, we'll see what's happening. But I'm rooting for this right here. See that? Game changer. I'm rooting for that. So I think that's – I think uh, I think we're going to see him out there. And, and it's not the only – look, I went to bed last night. The last thing I did was write an article about uh, Mikey Williams in California. Uh, he shared a video of uh, Lavelle Moton, North Carolina Central's coach. He just randomly shared one of his uh, – Thursday throwback Thursday videos and then he had another post where he said I'm I don't remember exactly what he said but something I'm about to make everybody mad hashtag HBCU uh, then there was another graphic that had all the schools who had offered him uh, I think the majority of the schools whose logos were up there were HBCU so it's just been a, an unprecedented 2020 <laughs> man week, year time Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I said this uh, on the podcast, if not podcast before last, basketball, you can build you a squad in basketball quick. Football has a lot of players. But if these guys, especially uh, Mocker and um, Mikey Williams, like if they just round up some people, I know we saw, um, and Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, one of Mikey Williams' teammates or from the same Alabama high school State. signed with Alabama mm-hmm. State. Like if these guys can rally some troops, especially in basketball, like, Man, it ain't going to take long. Like, it, it will not take that long before you have a lot of really talented teams in HBC basketball. And one thing is, and I think this is also something Steve talked to um, A&T's coach about, Will Jones, if I'm saying if that's his name, um, where he said a lot of the HBCU guys are grown men. You know, these are guys who have been at other places, transferred in, and a lot, especially in the MEAC, you've got squads that are grown men. So while people might be looking at it like, oh, the talent level like this or that, you got an 18-year-old kid going up against, you know, a 22-year-old guy who's a grown man, who's been some places, done some things. Like, that's not to be slept on in terms of a, a competition level. You know what I mean? Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff at play. I think there's a lot of nuance that people aren't looking at and thinking about is – Basketball is not just black and white, good or bad. You nice or you not. Like, and I, I applaud him for his decision because I think it's going to turn out for the best for him, um, especially with a little adversity. Yeah, and he's got a lot on his back. Not only is he, you know, a big deal for Howard. It's also, um, you know, for not for Howard basketball, but for Howard University as a whole. They haven't been to the NCAA tournament since Wally and I were in kindergarten, nineteen ninety-two. So. Um, that's how long it's been since they've had a successful run. Senior in high school. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been a while, and they were able to grab him. I mean, look, if you're Dennis Thomas, I mean, you want to, you want (laughs) to, Dr. Dennis Thomas, you want to take the red carpet and roll it out to wherever he's coming from, put the rose petals on his feet, you know, send the royal bathers, whatever you got to do to make sure that he makes not only (laughs) Howard University look good, but also... Uh, you know, the MEAC, uh, because, you know, the thing about it is um, if there are, if we do allow fans to come into the games or even if not, uh, a guy like him, if he starts to do well, I think he's ranked 16th in the country, so he's not the top five, but he's still a top 20 player. Uh, if he starts to really eat up, uh, the, the story's already going to be there. We see 
Uh, Chris Paul is doing a documentary about HBCUs and HBCU basketball. Uh, we see Will Packer doing stuff too. So there's a lot of momentum behind it. And, you know, uh, of course, again, we've been there from the beginning, so we're going to continue to be there. So there's a lot at stake, uh, you know, getting him here. It's a big moment. A lot of people outside of Howard University uh, who maybe not, maybe usually don't really cheer for Howard, you know, they're, they're happy for them because of what this can mean for their programs in a larger sense. And, and I think the caveat could be. It, it wouldn't take much, uh, you know, for a video of him to become instantly accessible, shareable, you know, not only through, you know, cable television, uh, terrestrial television, you know, online media. Uh, it's if you're going to go someplace, Howard is not a bad place. And, and this this is no slight to, you know, some of our HBCUs that are located in in the middle of nowhere, because I've been to a few of those as well. Um, but uh, balling in D.C., it's look, you, he, he could have gone to George Washington. Well, like, really, at the end of the day, what what is the difference? <laughs> like, if you can play at that level and, and you get out there and do your thing, uh, you're going to get the exposure. And I think also, like, I know a lot of people like, oh, man, if he goes and he just balls out, it'll be great. But what can also be very good is if he goes and if he's playing well, but the competition plays up to him, it could show like, oh, snap. Like, these aren't no slouches out here either. You know, I think if he – for me, I think if he goes out there as a freshman and averages 30 points a game, the narrative is going to quickly turn to, ah, oh, see, we told you that that conference ain't whoop-de-whoop. You know what I mean? And contrary to that, if he goes out there and kind of like plays bad, then it's going to be like, oh, well, he wasn't that nice. But if he goes out there and he plays good, and you can tell that it's like a tight game and it's like good competition like we typically see in the MEAC, like that could really spur in some stuff. Because if you have other guys watching him like, all right, let me see what he's going to do. And, you, and they go out there and watch a game and they're like, yo, like that was tough. That's what's really going to bring people in. So that for me, that's what I'm the most excited about. I want him to play well, but I want everybody else to play well too. Now I want him to I want him to I, I, I want I want him to like come out of a game and go to a post game wrestler and be like, no. <laughs> like that was we got the dub. I dropped 20, but that was tough. You know, and I had fun. So that's that's where I'm at with it. Because like I a think, Ron I think Jackson. The best case Maine scenario would be for him to be for Maker to be dominant and then his team to finish like second in the conference, uh, and then have a real storyline like here's the star player, but this other team is actually the best team, and, and I think that helps, you know, raise all ships at the same time. Well, I think Ron Jackson at A&T could have stuck with him a little bit. As a freshman, now you get him to his senior year like Ron was, he might be having a different story. But, I mean, there's some bigs in the, in the MEAC that can go with him. The most important thing for his pro thing is going to be when they play those P5 schools, though. They play, mm-hmm. uh, they play Notre Dame on MLK Day if everything goes well. I mean, that's where he's going to really want to do, do well and show. That's really what he's going to be evaluated for him individually. Um, but again, HBCUs, like you say, uh, you know, it is a chance for everyone to try to get maybe to get some shine off of it. Um, Howard University, they're definitely going to make sure that, you know, they're trumping it. You know, Howard is a place where they, they don't act like they care about sports until the sports actually until the sports are actually good. But uh, I think what Coach Blakeney's been doing has been really great. Uh I talked to Jordan uh, Jordan Wood, one of their uh, new recruits, incoming recruits, and he said he didn't really know anything about Howard. Uh, he's from Texas. He didn't know anything about Howard until he saw 
Joshua Christopher uh, play and, and scrimmage there and saw his video. So, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, as we've been posting these stories and people will always be like, oh, well, you guys are just out there hyping them up. They're not really going to HBCUs. Even before today, I would have told you after I talked to that young man, I mean, that still opens up people's eyes. That still opens up guys' eyes to who, because they keep up with it. So it was a very big moment. It's very big that he got those two guys again a year ago when he got Maker to have, when he was in his top 10 and when he got both of those guys to come to home, come uh, to visit Howard, a lot of people kind of may, you know, still play to the left, but it's impossible to play it to the left now and even before then because the other guys are watching. So, yeah. Can, can you imagine, Steve, can you imagine the team uh, with RJ Cole, CJ Williams, and Mocker? Like that, that team would have done some damage. This is all imaginary, of course. Would have been RJ Cole's senior year, you know, but, you know, mm-hmm. coaching changes, things change, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, definitely, it's definitely big news. Uh, and Mikey Williams is out there cheering him on. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. He's still got a couple years to go. Um, you know, he just turned 16. So he's got, I think, um, you know, things change so much now with reclassifying. And, you know, you never know. I don't know. He could end up being he could end up being the, the class of 2022. And then that's a little bit closer to where we are now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things can change between now and then. So we'll see what's up. Yep, I'm just yeah, I'm sick now. Those lobs from RJ to to Maker would have been tough. <laughs> they would have been hard to handle. They got, they got some new DC guys uh, that that you know they're hoping to pack out the birds. It's a twenty seven, uh, it's a twenty seven hundred seat arena gym there. Uh, same size as the game center over at Winston Salem State. We see what kind of atmosphere that has and what it and what that's done to help propel their their program. So I think obviously the bird in that tight in that tight area. If they can make that, if they can, well, of course, COVID makes everything, you know, of course, COVID makes, you know, being this close to people. And a lot of times you can't even be this close to people, almost mm-hmm. impossible. But, uh, you know, definitely it, it would be great to see uh, in real time. Well, I, I hope that everything falls in line. Uh, I, I'm not optimistic at all about fans. Uh, zero optimism there. I'm, I'm about 50-50 on whether or not we'll have a season. Uh, but to have a five-star athlete uh, and, and the exposure that that brings uh, would be, would be, oh, it would be so 2020. <laughs> that's, about, that's about all I could say. Uh, before we go, I just want to ask you guys this in the final moments. Uh, you know, Maker is real. Uh, he committed. Uh, he, he put his, his actions and his words together. Uh, Mikey Williams is just a freshman, a rising sophomore now, I guess. Uh, Steve, he seems to be legit, like not not just giving lip service. Uh, we'll ultimately find out in a couple of years. But, uh, man, he seems to be about this life as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've gone through it. Uh, you know, his mom is an alumnus of Hampton. Uh, she uh, played softball there. So he um, and so obviously she's ingrained that into him. Um, that HBCUs uh, are to be taken seriously, taking them very seriously um, and consistently. Um, again, I think, you know, uh, you know, the consistency with which he does it is very impressive. And he seems to be a young man that uh, is very much aware of what's going on around him. Um, you know, like we're saying, you know, like you're saying, you know, a lot of people are talking about 
how the current climate and what's going on the last three months or so is influencing these kids maybe to look at HBCUs. But I'd even go further. You know, these kids are, uh, you know, they've come of age with Trayvon Martin and, uh, you know, and all and all the those young folks and, and, and black folks who uh, who have met horrible ends. They've seen a lot of things that, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago you wouldn't see on TV. So they have a perception of the world that's a lot different uh, than what a lot of other uh, generations have had. So I'm excited to see um, see this. I think I don't think that he's going to be the last one that you see uh, commit to an HBCU. Um, and I think it's uh, it's going to be I think it's great now that uh, the coaches know that some of these guys are actually serious so they can actually allocate a little bit more time to those uh, to those guys. Well, Wally, uh, just get your your camera wish list, your your lenses, your battery. Just get your whole Santa Claus list ready, man. Because when when this happens, we, we've got to have you everywhere, and, and we we've got to even step the game up a little more on the on the cinematography end. Hey, you you know I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be ready to go. Um, I I have no doubt. I I'd like to piggyback on what Steve said a little bit too. I also think that. With, with Mikey Williams being from L.A., there's a chance that he's seen a lot of guys go to these schools who he's like, no, this dude is the best. He goes to the school and then he comes back and he's probably like, no, nah, that ain't what it is. You know, and you got guys like Melo being like, you know, I could have gone elsewhere. So I just feel like the whole there's more out there than, you know, when we were growing up, especially when Tolly was growing up. You know, there was this narrative that it's like, no, you got to be the best and you go to this school then go to, and, you know, it was this very easily charted path that I think that has been broken down. I mean, even by the damn Lillards and, the, you know, Jeremy Lin, you know, people coming from all over the place. And, you know, you got guys who just won national championships. I mean, when I went to see Amir Hinton in the G League, he was playing against Joel Berry. <laughs> you know, Joel Berry got national championship rings. So, and the the talent level was not that different so i think that old narrative is smashed and you got guys out here who are paying more attention to to the culture and everything involved and, and I'm, I'm gonna be there when like i said when y'all see this just turn up on the court for me our, uh, our track record stands for itself if you, if you see me with a camera it's gonna be fun no matter what so let's get the, the it layup duck line is gonna be through the roof uh the next time you're, you're able to get back on the court that is hey quite i think quay parker still got another year so you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's the duck line champion right now <laughs> the champ the champ is here uh, well, Raymond Bethay Jr. too. He's of the HBCU Game Day podcast for Stephen J. Gaither and Wally Pitt. I'm Jolly Carr. We will see you guys later. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>